0: One of my favourite things was there's a story about a really large mushroom and it made it into the paper along with a cowslip that had multiple petals that somebody found in Northamptonshire.
1: Welcome to 100 Years, 100 Objects. Stories from the collections of Lancaster City Museums. My name is Rachel Roberts, collections registrar at Lancaster City Museums. 2023 marks 100 years of our museums and collections, and we're celebrating by examining 100 intriguing objects that help tell the story of Lancaster, Morecambe and the surrounding area. Today's object gives us a glimpse into the news, views and gossip of 1801. So join us as we read all about it. Today's object is a newspaper, the first edition of the Lancaster Gazetteer. The newspaper is roughly the same size as a modern-day broadsheet, but the front is not as colourful as a modern newspaper. There are no images and no bold headlines. Instead, the front page is covered by a mass of small black print, broken up into sections by thin black lines which delineate the different stories. The only part in significantly larger font is the title, the Lancaster Gazetteer and General Advertiser for Lancashire, Westmorland, etc. Along the top edge, a handwritten note has been added in black ink. This is the first paper published in Lancaster. The line beneath the title gives the date – Saturday, June 20th, 1801 – and the price of sixpence. On the bottom right-hand corner is a stamp of a crest, which shows that the half-penny tax levied on all newspapers at the time has been paid. 1801 falls in the middle of a boom in newspapers. The first regular newspapers in the UK had been set up in the 18th century, and by 1800 there were about a 100 newspapers being printed across the country. But hundreds more were set up in the next century. The Lancaster Gazetteer and Advertiser was quite early for a publication in a relatively small settlement, and local papers like this often didn't take off elsewhere until after 1830, when the tax on newspapers was massively reduced, making them affordable for the middle classes. The stories on the front page of this edition deal with a large number of topics, including an introductory message from the editor, the Lancaster Canal, objects being sold at auction and dispatches from around the country. We spoke to Rebecca Musk, a PhD student at Lancaster University, who delved into the paper to tell us more about its contents and its history.
0: This is the first edition of the paper, so it started in 1801, and it was founded and owned by William Minchel, and he's already a printer so has access to the resources to produce a paper. Apparently he also has a stall in Lancaster Market where he sells everything he advertises in his paper. There's no real evidence of another newspaper in the area before this, which is again evidenced by the fact that the adverts and things would previously have been sent out to other locations that are actually quite far afield, uh, especially in a period where it's quite difficult to travel, say out to Leeds or down to Liverpool. It's sold in the 1830s to Charles Edward Quam. And he's a prominent local conservative. He owns it until 1848, but he continues to edit it even after he sold it. After that, it passes through the hands of a few people and it eventually closes down in 1894, which is why we don't still have it around today. When I first came in to look at it, what really struck me was the sense of it as an object, which sounds ridiculous, but obviously because it's, it's text we're so used to seeing that on a screen or in a digital archive you could really see the physical impressions left by the press when it's stamped in and you can see how tiny the print is you really get a sense of it when you're holding it and you've got to get really close there's actually so much in it it's a real real mix of things because it's the first edition it opens with this kind of mission statement from the editor and he says you know it's going to do this it's not going to do this we no longer have to send adverts out to kendall or leads and he has all these nautical metaphors for like he's launching his small bark out into the world which is really interesting kind of in the context of the time it's also full of lots of advertisements mostly for things sold by the printer which you know there's a so there's something going on there that's actually quite funny I was every every advert you came to is like oh and you can get this wonderful product at lancaster market on the stall of the printer of this paper
1: Rebecca has already mentioned the many nautical references in the opening column, but she went on to explain that this was a theme running through the whole newspaper.
0: You literally, you cannot escape boats to see the maritime in this paper. It's everywhere, which is, of course, really typical for this time period. The maritime, it literally influenced everything. There is actually a great book about this uh, that I've used a lot in my research called Written on the Water by Samuel Baker, and that talks a lot about the influence of the maritime through the romantic period which of course we're kind of in the middle of in 1801 when this is published and it talks about how the maritime really extends in land and of course we're on the coast here but if you think about Britain at this time it's a real naval power and there's all kinds of things going on with empire and trade and the movement of people so it's very interesting that That has soaked into the pages of the paper, if you like. And I mean, it's full of these really precise details on shipping movements and imports and exports and prices. And it's got naval dispatches just published in full. Like, this is what this admiral sent to this admiral, which I don't think we can imagine publishing military correspondence in that way today. For all, there's a lot of small text and a lot of text. It's really fascinating how much of it is taken up with shipping and the movements of ships. And of course... All this concern with boats and shipping is coming at a time when Lancaster's port is really in its heyday. But I think one thing that's really important to address when you're thinking about the maritime and shipping in this period is it's before the end of the transatlantic slave trade. And of course, Lancaster is a really important port in that. And so even these seemingly innocuous goods, it'll talk about maybe the price of sugar. There's a real sinister background to that that's not necessarily evident in the pages of the paper. There's nothing in there about shipping people. But A lot of this trade is fuelled by that, the wealth comes from that, and I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind when thinking about this object and about the things it contains.
1: There is also another large piece to the context of the publication of this paper. At this point, England was fighting several battles, and would soon be involved in the Napoleonic Wars. Rebecca told us how the influence of the French Revolution affected the newspaper and the wider literary landscape of the time.
0: Uh, Yeah, so it's around the start of the Napoleonic Wars, so we get the Battle of Alexandria, which is quite famous in Egypt, in March 1801. You get specific references actually to events in Egypt and how this is affecting the price of coffee at home, and of course there's a really interesting link there between coffee and newspapers, because in your big coffee houses men would go to meet, they would discuss politics and literature and other things, and this is actually where you get periodicals developed so that's a really interesting and nice connection kind of hidden within the paper itself you get a real sense of empire and islands going on they talk about reinforcements coming from gibraltar and malta and minorca which it gives you the sense of britain as an island connected to other islands which i think is really interesting and of course thinking about napoleon he's such a significant figure in the period so he just kind of It dominates everything. I mean, for the Romantics as well, we think a lot about lakes and mountains and daffodils, especially here when we think of the Romantics. So, you know, we think of Wordsworth and that kind of poetry. But really, so much of Romantic literature is preoccupied with the Maritime and the French Revolution, which, of course, is then your really interesting link to Napoleon, because, of course, you see Wordsworth's attitudes change and harden. He becomes much more conservative following the terror in the French Revolution. And then you've got a figure like Shelley, and he writes quite a few times about Napoleon, particularly during his fall and after his death. And those poems are really quite scathing and attacking. And I think it's easy for us to forget now how strong the threat of invasion was at this time uh, from Napoleon in particular. So we're four years before the Battle of Trafalgar. So Britain's in kind of this period where we're expanding out into the seas, but also the threat is coming in from the sea. And I think that's something that's actually really typified in this paper. It's that duality of opportunity and threat. It really captures that moment in history.
1: There was also one other specific maritime threat which appears in the paper, which might sound more like a swashbuckling novel than a real news item.
0: There's a really interesting little passage in the paper that really struck me because it's about the King of Sicily being pursued by Barbary corsairs, which were North African pirates, while he was out fishing. And again, this is that threat from the sea. It's a weird kind of corollary to what's going on with the transatlantic slave trade at the time because there is this fear, because there have been instances, mostly more in the 18th century, slightly earlier, of corsair pirates abducting people from the coast, the south coast of Britain and selling them into sort of slavery. So you've got this interesting duality where we're not mentioning the transatlantic slave trade, but there's also this other threat in the sea. Take it back to the romantics if you want pirates are the subject of several poems by Byron, published a few years after this, or so sort of 1810. And they're kind of these adventure stories in poetry form about these pirates. There's one of those actually titled The Corsair. It's really interesting to see that reflected in news of the period as well as in fiction.
1: We know how the newspaper fitted into national events now. So we asked Rebecca if there were any local news stories included as well.
0: There's lots of local news alongside the naval dispatches and the shipping information. So one of my favourite things was there's a story about a really large mushroom that's picked on a common in Kendall. So it's Two and a half inches high without the stalk, they're very clear about that, and at six inches in diameter, twenty and a half inches in circumference, and to give you a real sense of the size, it weighed nine and a half pounds, which is between four and five kilograms. So, big mushroom, um, and it made it into the paper along with a cowslip that had multiple petals that somebody found in Northamptonshire. And there's something about the price and the abundance of new potatoes at Preston Market and how that's really dropped the price. So there's all these really interesting little details of local life and people's lives and things that would have been interesting or important to people at the time on a very kind of personal and local level. And you get a sense of a change in society from these. So... The thing about the mushroom picked on the common is really close to something detailing enclosures in the period. So when common lands are being fenced off for private farming use so that's a really interesting thing that's going on and there's also a small thing uh, detailing the number of children that have been vaccinated against smallpox which i think in uh, our current post covid climate is it, that really resonates there's announcements of weddings and the announcements of deaths a couple of these are particularly interesting so there's a couple in their 80s getting married which of course is very old to have survived in the period and then of course very old to be getting married. The most prominent death I'd say in the paper is one of the local apothecary. He features three times firstly in an advert for his vacant job post and then in his death notice and then in a rather interesting memorial poem full of classical references and talking about his languid frame being laid to rest which it wasn't necessarily the most flattering poem to read, but I'm sure it was intended to be. <laughs> One thing it does do is it lists nationally bankrupt personal details, which of course, that's a great thing to have a local paper for, because previously notices of deaths and marriages and things would have had to be posted to Leeds or Liverpool or Kendall, whereas now people in Lancaster and the surrounding areas had somewhere to print that information and to announce those events.
1: So far, much of the material in the paper are fairly standard inclusions, mostly things that we might expect to still see in a modern paper. But is there anything included that we wouldn't find today?
0: I don't think you see a lot of poems to the editor submitted in papers anymore, Um, but there's quite a few of those. Obviously the one about the death of the apothecary, and there's one for the king's birthday, and then there's one about the death of Crazy Jane, which seems to be... Again, it's not the most flattering poem, but it seems to be about the death of a woman with uh, some kind of mental illness. There's also this kind of moral tales occasionally, which are kind of like an agony aunt column, but without a question. So there's the one in this edition titled Friendly Admonition from a Dying Lady to Her Protégé. It's about essentially about being careful with men and keeping yourself from marriage and making sure you marry a good man, that kind of thing, um, which is an odd thing to find in the paper today, sort of unsolicited advice in that way.
1: Thank you so much for turning the pages of history with us today. We do hope you'll look out for our other editions where we talk about everything from dogs to dirhams.